What's going on, boys and girls? We got a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I will be flying solo today, don't have a guest, and it's going to be a pretty egocentric episode because I'm going to be talking primarily to myself and about myself. Uh, yeah, kind of interviewing myself here. Um, not going to be asking myself any questions because that'll be weird and like kind of sociopathic, but going to be primarily talking about something that a few people requested. I put on Instagram today, what you guys want me to talk about, and a lot of people have been saying just my experiences with having a coach for the first time leading up to the Arnold and my expectations for the Arnold and just the event of itself because it's a big event, a lot of powerlifting meets going on. I'm not going to break down every powerlifting meet, but we have a lot of former guests who are competing this our next weekend, so really excited for all of them. But yeah, I won't do a whole breakdown because we don't really do that here on Two White Lights. You know, you actually, I know I poke fun a little bit at King of the Lifts, but they they actually do a really good job of that. So if you're looking for a, like a really good breakdown of the event and all the lifters' profiles, you know, expectations, forecasting, I would head to like the latest King of Lifts episode. They 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 do they do a pretty good job of that. So yeah, uh, but yeah, new experience getting a coach and going into my very first Arnold USAPL powerlifting meet. I'm going to be doing the Raw Challenge on Saturday. I believe that's the 6th. I'm not sure. I should probably understand. I should probably remember those dates. But, yeah, and we have a few other events breaking in powerlifting, um, depending on how long I ramble about the initial topic, which is, is about myself. We might get into that. But before I get into my ramblings, I want to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, visit leflarbros.com and get yourself some merchandise. If you're going to the Arnold next week, you'll be seeing me rocking a lot of Leflar Bros gear, and that is because I look good wearing it, and they're going to make me look good for all of Columbus to see. Um, they already hooked me up with this awesome fleece that I'll be wearing in the warm-up room while I compete. It's got a pretty sweet two white lights, you know, like logo on there and it's got their logo on the back but also i'm probably gonna be wearing a lot of their baseball tees and t-shirts under my flannels because i love flannels and i love baseball tees and i love their t-shirts and they just sent me another dad hat and i'm not a dad but i love dad hats i really like dad hats i love the style and i like beanies and you can look just as good as me if you use promo code 2wl10 get 10 percent off of your dad hats your beanies your t-shirts, your baseball tees, your hoodies, get 10% off of your order. Also, visit RivalUs.net, use promo code ANGELO15 and get 15% off of your order. Whether it be protein, branched amino acids, pre-workout, creatine, you name it, get 15% off when you use that promo code ANGELO15. Also, I'll probably be stopping by the booth for Rivalus at the Arnold, they'll also be there. Uh, I'm not going to be working the booth at all, but I'll definitely stop by uh, and say hi to the people who sponsor me. Also, just sign a deal with Stoic. They are my supplier for powerlifting meets. Go to Stoic.com. I love their gear. That's why I'm sponsored by them. That's why I chose them. And check them out. I'll probably... I did not write a really good ad read for them, but, you know, I... I can really vouch for powerlifting gear, and they have really, really good powerlifting gear. Uh, this is a really long ad read to start the show, so let's get right into it. Here is two white 
lights. It is Monday, March 2nd, and I am six days out of the Arnold, and a little nervous, and a lot of people wanted to hear me just talk about my prep leading up to the Arnold. I couldn't really land a guest this week, and the timing isn't really good to land guests for any of the people we have on the back burner, so it was. It is a good time to actually talk about this and have one of these solo episodes. I think we all know, if you listen to Two Highlights, that I do not like solo episodes. Me hearing myself talk for 40 minutes to an hour, it makes me cringe a little bit. But I think this is a good episode. Very similar to the USAPL Raw Nationals recap, where uh, it, was my first, it was my first Raw Nationals, and... I was able to talk a lot about specific topics. I think this will be very similar to that. I can't talk about this. And actually, the person who suggested this, or the people who suggested this, is one, my former co-host, Bane. Uh, we'll be seeing him, which is going to be awesome. Also, Deadlift Panda Yanks, who Ren requested this. And um, and I think it's a good idea. And a few other people. There's a few other suggestions, and I'm going to get to them later, of what I should have talked about today. But the one of the, the first things that someone suggested I talk about is my experiences with having a coach for the first time and how it compares to not having a coach. And I'm going to talk about this in great lengths, but if I could give you a short and simple answer, it is better under Joe Sanic than not having a coach. And the reason why it's better is because Joe Sanic is a really damn good coach and he cares about his clients and he puts a lot of effort into individualized programming and helping you with your technique. And I know this sounds like a commercial for Joe, and it kind of is, but I wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't true. The dude is an awesome coach, and I've experienced great progress under him. Now, there's a lot of differences between coaching. I'm not really coaching myself because I didn't do my own programming, but I had to fix a lot of my own problems. I, when I was doing my, like, self-coaching, I really didn't know what I was doing wrong for the most part. There are certain things that I fixed. There are certain things that I kind of picked up along, you know, me just powerlifting and observing other lifters. But it just was a longer process of figuring that out. Like, for my deadlift, I had to watch Matt Cronin's video to stop with my excessive deadlift set up because it was taking so long for me to get in position. I was actually taking myself out of position. Uh, the way I was pulling slack out of the bar really wasn't working. Um, my, you know, there's, there's a few things on squats. I mean, I, bench, I really never picked up any good cues because I suck at bench. But trying to diagnose his own problems myself, while it, it there is a lot of benefits that come from that, um, I, I think I spoke about it before, I do enjoy... The fact that I was solo for such a long time and I had to kind of teach myself how to lift and I didn't have anyone holding my hand throughout my first three years of competing, 
I think that's really valuable. I had to just really learn technique on my own, and I did a decent job of that just based on, you know, just what I did and, you know, auto-regulating myself too, handling myself too, um, which I'll get into, like, the differences when it comes to handling and, um, you know, like, picking attempts and all that kind of stuff. But the it's just, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a longer time if you're doing it yourself. And that was that was the case for me. Um, and if I'm going to compare it to having Joe as a coach, it's it's way better and it's way more convenient. And I'm saying this because Joe's a great coach. Now, I'm not going to say that there's – if I was getting coached by anyone, I would be seeing the same progress. If I was getting coached by anyone, I wouldn't be seeing the same results because – there are a lot of terrible coaches out there and there's a lot of subpar coaches or there's a lot of mediocre coaches. I think I've luckily landed into elite level programming and coaching and that's why I've been feeling so comfortable with this whole process and really there wasn't a whole lot of growing pains for me. There's probably a lot of growing pains for Joe because I'm just not I'm not very smart and I make mistakes, but I think it was a really easy transition for me, and because of Joe's willingness to make it easy for me. Um, you know, the, the weekly check-ins that we do have been great. It's something that I never experienced before. He really told me a lot of things I was doing right and wrong on squats, and I think that has helped a lot just with my technique and just making just really simple, easy uh, tweaks. And, and, like, he gave me really simple, easy cues for my squat, like the way I was bracing was wrong, um, that big breath I was taking wasn't good, my bar path is crap, and it's still kind of garbage, but he, like those are things I didn't know I was doing wrong, and he helped me, even like my foot positioning too, and then on bench, I mean on bench, he's been crucial, because I did not know how to bench before I got coaching, and just every single cue he's given me, has worked. I feel more comfortable with bench. It's still not the numbers like this towards like the more elite guys of 183 pounds or 83 kgs, but the cues are slowly sinking into my psyche and they're slowly sinking into, you know, my thought pattern. Um, and those again, primarily through those weekly check-ins. And I think I'm starting to get a little bit of a groove now with bench and the advice he's given me and the programming too with bench um benching four times a week much more frequency on bench a lot more variations a lot more accessories which i did not have under ph3 and the reason why ph3 although i do i'm one of like the one percent who think it's a good program it's not it's it's one size fits all and it's for it's made for everyone um i needed to bench more times a week and i need more accessories and i need more variations and that's where really good coaching comes into play. And deadlift too. Um, deadlift is my best lift. And he didn't, you know, reconstruct my deadlift. But he gave me, again, those small little cues that helped my deadlift a ton. And, you know, it's it's funny. And I'll get into the expectations later for the Arnold of what we're planning on doing. It's funny that... I'm upset that I missed grip on a 738 deadlift a few weeks back. And I, 18 weeks ago, 19 weeks ago, I think is when I started with Joe, it was probably in November. 
I did not realize, I didn't expect us to be attempting a 738 deadlift during training. I just really didn't expect that. When I hit 730 in the gym, I was psyched. I, again, didn't expect to hit that. I was expecting to hit like 716 or like 325 kilos or something. We hit 330 kilos in the gym, and that's that was huge for me. And it should be huge. And it wouldn't have happened if I didn't get that coaching, if I didn't have another set of eyes on me. Just those small little cues, you know, just lengthening my arms a little bit keeping my arms as close to me as possible. Those cues have helped so much, and maybe lift switching to flats, which Joe told me to do. Um, I always said I was not opposed to lifting, lifting in flats. And and also, I like how the internet kind of jumps to that one uh, when they're talking about my progress in deadlift. Is Well, see what happens when you don't lift in lifters? Like, okay, yeah, there's that. That's not disparage like the really good technique advice and the programming that has been done through Joe to me, I think that actually kind of negates all the hard work that has been done between the both of us, me and Joe, just me actually putting in the work because there's a lot of work with the deadlift and him doing more of the work by helping me, um, you know, fix some of the problems that I have. So the, the progress and, and and let me just speak on the progress, because I think that's what a lot of at least people who are looking to coaching or maybe just getting new coaching are um, wondering about. I'm assuming people who are listening to my lights follow me on Instagram and they see my progress and it's been fantastic. It's been much better than I thought. Uh, I think six weeks out of my meet, I totaled 750 kgs, which is 13 pounds up from my meat total, my meat PR. Um, and I didn't even realize it till the end of the week. I think someone had to comment that. I think Andrew commented that. Uh, Andrew seventy four kg commented that on um, one of my posts that you just casually totaled seven fifty this week, and like, oh man, I did, and that's better than a meat PR. And 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 it wasn't like I was maxing out either. Um, I think those were RP eight point fives or nines for the most part, and it was. It was this breath of fresh air that I'm like, all right, well, I was I was pretty hesitant about getting coaching, but the transition, like I said before, was easy, and the progress is there. And we have some lofty goals for the Arnold, but the progress that we've made so far, um, it's just been terrific. And, and uh, you know, uh, if, if following last week hit, yeah, or... Yeah, uh, yeah. Last week it'll be on Saturday where I hit like a, a solid two sixty five on my squat, um, a solid one sixty five on bench, which I got stapled by one sixty five uh, last year around this time, and I actually got stapled by one sixty at nationals, and I just feel way more controlled. I think the work is starting to pay off. Things are starting to come together for that deadlift. Of, still a little upset that I. Missed seven thirty or three thirty five kgs, which is seven hundred thirty eight pounds, but hit a solid three twenty in the gym or three twenty five in the gym, and again total seven fifty just in a week. And but but most importantly, it was a comfortable seven fifty. You know, it was you know every, I didn't have to kill myself to get that seven fifty. The technique is strong. We made smart jumps. We both agreed on some pretty smart numbers. Uh, he's trusting me to do auto regulation. 
um, which I did not think I would be good at that. It turns out that I'm not terrible at it, which is nice. Um, and, and that was a big part of it was auto-regulation. I, I really didn't know how RPE worked beforehand. That switching from percentage to RPE was a pretty big change from like the first three weeks. It, it took me a little bit of time to ha- get a hang of it, but towards like week six, I started to understand a little bit more. And they're not that much different, RPE and percentage-based training. I think I've said that in the past. They're not, you know, night and day differences. Um, but also along with that, you know, just some little things that have been done, like, uh, I I tweaked my glute and hip, uh, on a 556 squat, I believe. And it was one of those like pains that I know takes like three or four days to recover. And I didn't have three or four days to recover. We kind of had the train. And again, I message a coach and he gets back to me. Uh, promptly and with a bunch of questions and solutions to those questions and solutions to my problems. Perfect. That's what I needed. A lot of, I mean, I think three years ago when I first started competing, I really probably had the same thing where I strained my glute and hip and I couldn't walk for a week. And it was just like, I couldn't go into the gym. I couldn't do anything. And I lost a week in training and Sometimes it happens. It's not the worst thing in the world that happens, but what I was able to do with proper coaching was find something that will help it. We we found a really good, you know, he found me a really good uh, workout or a pre or like a warm-up routine that, you know, helped me, you know, work up a sweat before I touch any sort of heavy weight and it's helped and I feel better and now that's a tool that I have. So there's there is been, there has been a night and day difference between uh, getting coaching and not getting coaching, and I'm now totally on the bandwagon of getting coaching. But of course, it has to be with good coaching because I've heard um, and I've seen, I've witnessed, I've seen witness lifters not make any progress under a coach, and where it's known that the coach either doesn't do those things that I've mentioned or the lifter doesn't put in the work either. So, yeah, and another another uh, change is, and this is something that we've done actually today, uh, in the probably like around 2 o'clock Central Time, um, me and Joe discussed attempt selection, which won't really get into like attempt selection, not because I want to surprise you guys, um, I don't really care about that, just mainly because people listening, um, I don't want to hear too many second opinions because we're going to figure it out on our own and a bunch of people like, oh no, I think you should do this your second attempt or this your first attempt. It's like, are you sure you can do that your third? I'm not, I'm not listening to it. So just doing that and having a meeting about that, just about attempt selection made me realize like, oh, I just kind of went into everything blindly and I had no idea what to do when it came to attempt selection. Luckily it worked out, but yeah, I remember the commentators at, at Ronat saying, why is he taking a 22 or a 25 kilo jump from his first to second attempt? Why is he doing this? And, you know, just the, the jumps too I took in competition just simply didn't make a whole ton of sense. Um, yeah, I, and right, like just working with him and just going through attempt selections was a really big thing. Um, 
that something that I was completely lacking on. And I know having a handler at a meet, him handling me is going to make another difference too. Uh, and and there, there was also other things that we kind of went into nutrition, but um, the goal wasn't to, you know, cut down for the meat at all. It was just to kind of get close to 83 kgs, which I actually am. I'm, um, I'm hovering at 82 kgs, so I, I could possibly be pretty damn close to 83 uh, come meat day. So that was the only, like, nutrition kind of stuff. Uh, more information on just, you know, mobility routines just through TSA and the strength athlete. They do a really good job of that, too. So uh, if I had to rate the experience, five out of five stars. We still got to execute on meat day, but it's been just a really good journey. And regardless of what happens at the meet, I've learned so much just getting coaching, and this is definitely the path I want to take. Worth the money, too. If anyone's on the fence about it, I know that price is a threshold for a lot of people. Coaching is worth the money if you are passionate about the sports. If you want to reach high levels, which I definitely want to reach high levels, I'm not satisfied with where I am at all in the sport. If you want to continue to climb the ranks, I think you need elite-level coaching that's going to get you there. And that's what I received. Now, going into the Arnold, my expectations for the Arnold. And, of course, Yanks who asked this, so I'm going to get it right off my chest. I really want to break the American record for deadlift set by former guest of the show, one of my favorite people, Yanks who ran, uh, Deadlift Panda. And my goal is to beat that record for deadlift. If you're wondering, Yangsu, yes, I would like to do that. I know you gave me the okay to do that. Um, you gave me permission to break your record. But, yeah, that's the goal, and it would be a, a an extreme honor to break that. It's, you know, set by a lifter who I admire greatly, and I want to, and, he, and I still consider him regardless of what happens or if I don't break the record, whoever breaks the record. Um, him being the best 181-pound deadlifter in the world right now. And I've heard some arguments for other people, and I just don't listen to him. I believe he is the best 181-pound deadlifter in the world. And it would be great to, um, to just break a record of someone of who, uh, who I've called in the past a deadlift legend. He's in the Deadlift Hall of Fame. Uh, he's certainly one of the best deadlifters I've seen, and he's probably on the top five list of many other powerlifters. Mount Rushmore of deadlifters, you use up there. And it would be great to break that record, but in order for me to get to the record, I have squat and bench to do, and I'm definitely not overlooking those. Um, we're, we're looking to break a 1,700-pound total. That would be so great. Um, I think around this... Yeah, around last year, this time, I, you know, kind of said 1,700 was pie in the sky. Uh, my co-host at the time said, yeah, I believe you can do it. Um, and Bane, Bane always has a lot of faith in me, which is awesome. But I, you know, now I see it as a definite possibility. If I can break 1,700, that will give me a really nice total, like 777 or 773 or something. Uh, and you know, a really nice Wilkes, even though Wilkes doesn't matter anymore, really nice IPF points, which in my federation that apparently does matter a little bit. And that's the goal. Uh, it'll be sweet to get like a 270 squat, 165 to 167 
bench and a 340 and a half deadlift. That would be awesome. That will be a dream meet for me. And, I mean, that's really my expectations for it. And I feel comfortable at hitting, you know, the weights that I've hit, obviously, because I, I hit them in the gym. But there's going to be, you know, just definite challenges when it comes to competing. Uh, it's going to be in a different state. Got to take that into account. Has has been a while since I competed in a different state. Last one was Manchester when I competed in the U.K. Uh, did well there, so hopefully, you know, um, the, the travel luck is going to work out in my favor. Just the hype of the Arnold 2, that's going to be another challenge. Uh, fast meet, that's going to be another challenge too. feel like I'm usually pretty conditioned for meet. Uh, but that, that could really have an effect on people in it. And I think it, it has had an effect on me to an extent when the meat is a bit quicker. So yeah, when it meets faster, it, it's, it's definitely more difficult to, um, kind of just, you know, rest your body up, especially when you're going like full max effort on all three lifts. And yeah, I guess, I mean, that's as far as expectation goes. Now, just me competing at the Arnold as as just a whole event that to me is really special and around you know last year I attended the events I attended the Arnold I attended the whole expo and you know I didn't know exactly where I would be around this time I knew I was going to try to do USAPL Raw Nationals but Again, I didn't know if that was going to be a one-and-done kind of thing, if I wanted to do the Arnold. I said it before on the show that I'm fully committed to USAPL. I would like to stay in the Federation for the rest of my career or until you know I am satisfied with my performance in the Federation. But with this current, like, I'm competing on the Raw, uh, Saturday's event, Raw Challenge, uh, not the Pro-American or the Grand Prix, which are higher-level competitions, um, I didn't get into the pro American cause I just didn't can sign up on time, which sucks, but competing at the raw challenge is still going to be awesome. There's still some amazing competitors I'm going up against and I'm very excited and I've known this for a while. Uh, yeah, my coach, uh, just realized it today, which right when the rotten, the rosters were released, uh, just when the. Yeah, just when the rosters were released, um, yeah, Candido. Candido is the other 83. Delaney Wallace is another 83 who's an absolute stud beast. But it, it was just cool to see Candido on the roster. And I said it on the show before, I kind of missed the whole Candido powerlifting YouTube channels. I wasn't really into it then as I am now into powerlifting. I really wasn't into powerlifting at the time. But since I got into powerlifting, Candido has still been one of the guys who I just really admired and really looked up to. And he is such he's such a beloved figure in powerlifting, and he deserves it. Yeah, like all the respect out to the world to Candido. And it's gonna be just it's gonna be kind of a surreal moment competing against a guy like Candido and just seeing him in the warm-up room. Dude, I have a chance to warm up in the warm-up room with Johnny Candido. And, or I mean, it's not the chance I have that it's going to happen. I'm going to be warming up or just seeing, you know, you know, the, the, the backstage with Candido and a bunch of other great lifters. And that's going to be awesome. That's going to be great. We're going to share the same platform. The goal is to beat him. I really want to beat him. Um, and we're going to be gunning to, you know, defeat each other. That's what a competition is. 
But, you know, I mean, hell, if I total 773 or seven or 777 and he does better than me, hats off, he deserves a victory, and I'm going to be happy with myself, and I'm going to be very happy that he won. Or Delaney Wallace, because that guy's a, that guy, that guy a beast, too. He's not, he doesn't get the, like, the, uh, the social media love as, you know, other people do. Um, but he's also a great lifter. But that's going to be great. That's going to be awesome. And I'm really excited for that. It's going to be just a cool experience, again, seeing all the people who I love in the sport and who I've met at Raw Nationals, and they were much cooler people, you know, in person as they are social media personalities show, and that's, you know, kind of because they all are, you know, pretty awesome, but, you know, it's going to be another gathering where I'm going to see, you know, people who I've made friends with in the sport, um, who I don't get to see on a regular basis. That's going to be a fun part too. Uh, competition first, but that's definitely, this going to be a really fun part of the expo. Um, I'm not a big fan of the expo of itself. Uh, that's why I kind of like Raw Nationals a little bit more than just attending the expo because it's just like, you know, if you're at Raw Nationals, you're there to watch powerlifting. And if you're at the Arnold Expo, we're just kind of a sideshow to it. Um, uh, you know, a pretty big sideshow, but a sideshow nonetheless. And it's just filled with a bunch of tank tops and women wearing Lululemon joggers or whatever the hell they are, um, leggings, looking to get a sponsorship. Um, and that that's nauseating, and that was a really nauseating part of last year's Arnold. I didn't really have, like, the Arnold Expo itself to me was kind of a letdown, only because it was cramped and I really don't care about getting free stuff like other people do, which they're spending like $800 on a hotel room and they think that they're good. Man, I got a free t-shirt and some supplements. That definitely outweighed the cost of the hotel room and the drive up here, or the flight up here. Like, yeah, whatever. Um, that's a mini rant that I just got into. But, you know, uh, what I did enjoy last year was a cage, and I'm definitely going to be stopping by. Uh, a couple former guests of the show are going to be in the cage, and I'm really excited to see Garrett and Joe uh, get in there, but I, I'm really, I hopefully can see Garrett, uh, Trevor Jaffe and hack. Um, I believe they're doing very similar to what hack and fear, uh, Garrett did last year, which is, um, this deadlifting. And, uh, I also met hack in person. Uh, he was at surge and he is even cooler than you would expect. That was um, awesome. He is the coolest guy ever, and Garrett was on the show fanboyed over him, and uh, he's always he's been my favorite lifter for a while. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I, I needed to add that because I met Hack, and you know people say don't meet your heroes because they let you down. He didn't. He was so damn cool and chill, and I know everyone said that. And I'm like, oh. They were 100% right. There wasn't any exaggeration. So, and Trevor Jaffe, too, is awesome. He's a guy who I kind of just missed a lot of stuff that he's done as far, but he releases so much good content, and he's a beast of a deadlifter, and I've talked very much how much I love Garrett's deadlift, too, so that'll be really cool to see. Um, and unfortunately, I, I don't know when the Grand Prix day is. The Grand Prix is going to be awesome. Uh, we got uh, Michael C., again, a guy who I respect greatly. Love him as a lifter. Love him as a person, too. He's just a cool-ass guy. And he's going to be competing at the Grand Prix. Um, going for that 800 uh, key, uh, keys total. 
I I don't know if I'm going to be able to spectate that. I just got to know the days. I'm horrible, horrible podcasting job right now, not even understanding, like, when what events are taking place and when. Uh, but, yeah, he he's probably my number one to watch in the Grand Prix. Marissa Inda, I've said on probably, like, top three favorite female lifter, if not my favorite female lifter. Uh, been what been watching her actually before I got into powerlifting. One of my friends at the gym showed me like her pull up video that she did where she was like dancing, and I was like, "Well, that's awesome." And I'm like, "Oh, she powerlifts too, and she's a stud." So, wait, do you call women studs? That doesn't make sense. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, but she's competing. Um, and again, the Grand Prix. I don't know. I I don't have a roster in front of me with that, and I. I know the Pro American is on Sunday. That was the meet I wanted to do. Didn't sign up on time. Unfortunately, I might be leaving on Sunday because I got to work that Monday. I really actually got to get in Illinois at a uh, reasonable time. And it's a shame because that would be the meet that I'll be looking forward to watching the most because the 83s are stacked in that Pro American. Um, And, you know, we got... Jamar Royster going, uh, former guest of the show, looking for a 700 kg squat. I mean, not 700 kg squat. That'll be awesome if you could do that, dude. But like a 700 pound squat would be uh, probably more realistic. Carson Allen, one of my, you know, he's a really good friend of mine, Illinois lifter. He, his lifts have been looking crispy. They've been looking great. I want to see him compete. My best friend, but he doesn't know it, Sean Collins. He's going to be competing. He's a great lifter as well. If there's anyone I'm missing from 83, I apologize. Um, got Kyle Power, uh, the, the, the deadlift that deserves to be in the Louvre and I think France, who cares, <laughs> who cares where Louvre is, you know, it's, it's a piece of art, uh, Kyle Power, he's, he's coached under Joe Stanek as well, technically a teammate of mine, um, I don't know if power, I don't know if that counts as teammates in powerlifting, we share the same, same last name if people think my last name is Power, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's competing, uh, so dumb. Yeah, he's competing, and that's gonna be, uh, and that's gonna be great. But I, I think Sofia Rizzuto is gonna be competing that day too. I, I, I spoke pretty highly of her. Uh, I again don't have a roster in front of me. Um, Lapointe, he's beast stud. I got onto his page like right after Raw Nationals. Um, he will be a great guy. I'm gonna be missing out on a lot, man. As a fan of powerlifting, I'm gonna be missing out on a lot of really awesome things that Sunday because I I mean I think it actually starts at nine so I actually might be able to watch some of it yeah I actually hopefully I can again now I'm talking about it more I really want to watch um I really want to watch these dudes compete and uh who else I gotta see who else is competing I might actually pause the show and look up the rosters all right yeah I'm back I just checked some of the rosters so for the Grand Prix I actually miss a lot of people who are awesome uh, yeah, we got David Ricks, who's, like, the greatest story in powerlifting, uh, Ashton Rowska, stud, Dennis Cornelius, beast, legend, amazing, Blaine Sumner, beast, amazing, uh, Christina Lotso, another Illinois lifter, again, I got to watch her lift at Surge, he is another, like, technically proficient, super hard worker, too, her workouts, I was my, yeah, her workouts are intense, uh, just watching, just at her at surge was like what the hell ellis mclean yeah he's competing too he's a beast joseph amandola he's got probably the best bench i've ever seen david wilson love his love his lifts super technically sound 
Uh, Chloe Double, another beast. Oh, dude, I mean, that's pro bench. Yeah, we got to like a lot of people with the pro bench and pro squat. Uh, Bonica Brown's going to be doing the pro bench. Yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, Zachary D. Constanzo, uh, Paisan, he's competing. So is Joseph Franzo, better known as Joey Flex, other Paisan. Yeah, that's um, it's quite the list here. I'm still trying to go through the... This is terrible podcasting, by the way, just me scrolling through uh, the... Abby Poston, of course, Left Flower Bros represent. But, yeah, all right. So, yeah, there's a lot of people who I want to see compete, and I have saw pretty much every single one of them compete at Raw Nationals, and I think at another stage, it'll be pretty cool to watch them again. So, yeah, I guess that'll be pretty much it as far as me talking about myself for, you know, almost 40 minutes now. Uh, yeah, and again, I, I'm fans of a lot of these people. I'm fans of going, but the... Reason why I'm going to the Arnold is to win, is to put in the best total, is to, you know, break some records and hopefully, you know, beat some of these people who I admire so greatly. Um, the, me getting there, I, I, uh, I use kind of nervous energy to my advantage, but you're going to, I'm going to be nervous like Thursday and Friday when I get there. I know it for a fact I'm going to be more nervous like during my squat. Um, I know Jamar um, gave, gave me a hard time at Nationals and he, he said he knew I was, you know, panic. <laughs> you know, I was like, uh, was it sweating or panicking or whatever word he used? And, um, but uh, yeah, and it's going to be no different. You know, that first squat, you know, nerves hopefully will, you know, the nerves will hopefully actually stay and I can use that nervous energy as like positive energy. But um, yeah, that's again, reason why I'm going to the Arnold, not to have, you know, this super fun time just to take pictures of the powerlifters that I know. And, uh, like I really would like to win and I would really like to put in my best total by far and just move up in the rankings. That's pretty much it. Move up in the rankings. And, you know, I actually forgot to mention, get the, you know, a prime time spot. I, I would like to be top 10. I missed it by, I think two slots last year and it would be cool to do it this year at Daytona Beach. Um I my goal is just to be one of the best 83 kgs in the world. That is my goal and the way to get there is through the Arnold um and with, you know, a really good meet possibly be top 10, possibly be top 5 if I total 777 or 773 whatever the hell it is or 775 might as well just go in the middle. Uh 775 I you know, if people out total me and I just end up in 12th again, all right, you know, I kind of, you know, hats off. You guys deserve it. But that's that's the goal going into the Arnold um, is to continue to climb, continue to climb, continue to get better and, you know, kind of accomplish my one of the goals I have for 2020, just be one of the best power lifters in the 83 kg division. And if I do well here, we got a lot of time to work on October and to possibly even move up higher in ranking. So, yep, that's my that's my Arnold preview. Um, yeah, we had a topic, two white lights topic, of uh, unwritten rules of powerlifting. That topic is going to be discussed probably at a later date, probably in like three weeks, two to three weeks, because next episode should it's quite possibly going to be me and Joe talking about 
the Arnold and just my performance. Hopefully, because this is going to be aired before Arnold, hopefully we have a lot of awesome shit to talk about, right? Uh, hopefully we're talking about me breaking American record, me totaling over 1,700, me doing all the things that I really, really want to do and how awesome it was. So hopefully that's the interview. Um, and then we'll probably get into Twilight's topic. We have some actually pretty big guests lined up for March. I'm pretty excited about that. I know we've been spread out with episodes, and that's going to happen when you're running solo. I apologize, but, you know, deal with it. Actually, don't deal with it. No, I actually do deal with it. Yeah. I I stand by my words. Deal with it. You know, it's going to happen sometimes. It's going to happen. Running solo. And, yeah, I said uh, we're going to talk about some current events that happen in powerlifting. Uh, Steffi Cohen just released an awesome video of a, it looked like a teaser video, but I know a lot of questions are being answered in the comments, which from my understanding could be misquoting this. I mean, I'm a journalist, but not a good one. Um, seemingly like a super expo strength expo in November, uh, I'm assuming in Florida, Miami, Florida, where it's looking like a super meet. Uh, looks like there's going to be a drug-tested presence, uh, non-drug-tested presence, strongman, Olympic weightlifting, and I'm all for it. It looks awesome. That teaser video got me amped. They decided on the name Kratos, which there's probably some sort of symbolic reason why they chose that. I was like, the first thing that came to my mind is God of War, the video game, um, and I was like, all right, Kratos. We're going to see where we're going to go with that. You guys decided on Kratos, but... The name aside, I guess I'm I'm pretty amped for that. That sounds like a really cool idea. And again, we're making progress. We're making strides. Steffi Cohen in the video said he'd been to so many meets. He's such a good lifter, and he's never felt like a professional athlete or treated like a professional athlete in any one of those meets. And yeah, uh, I think that we need more of that presence, and that is going to be a huge step forward in the sport. I. Love the idea. Um, if I could make it out there just as a spectator, I will definitely try to do that. It, it just those things need to happen more often. We're we're talking. I, I said this before. Powerlifters self-deprecate a lot. How their sport isn't important. How you know we're nowhere near all their sports, and it's true. And it's probably going to stay closer to that than not. But we're making so much progress in in growing the sport and stuff like this is going to just continue to strengthen it. It's going to continue to make the sport bigger. It's going to make strength sports bigger. I think that this is going to be a, a hit. I think there's going to be some logistical, like some like logistic problems they're going to have to deal with uh, just running it for the first time. But I, I we're, we're slowly seeing a, prog a progression in the sport. Like, I said this with Nationals. Nationals was, it, it just seemingly was much, it gets much better for USAPL every year. And, I, and I'm saying this just competing at one, but looking at footage from others. So just a presentation, the feel of it, the, the, the fanfare. Same thing with the, the Arnold, just competing at the Arnold. Same thing with the Kern, even though the person running it is kind of an idiot. Like the, God, I, I really, I really burned a bridge there, by the way. <laughs> I burned so, so many bridges uh, in this sport. But actually just one. 
but it does generate fan. I mean, the hybrid meet that that was that was by Steffi Cohen. That was awesome. That was incredible. That was a that was an amazing meet. Um, I talked to Sergio uh, Sergio Luna. I, you know the gym that I train at, searching new levels, the power surge. All that stuff is just going to continue to grow the sport, and we're seeing more and more of it. And I'm not even mentioning the other ones, like the tribute meet, you know, uh, big dogs, uh, iron dogs. Those are all great meets that people want to attend, and they're growing. And I think they're going to continue to grow. I only see upward progression from here. Um, I'm usually a pessimist, but I'm going to be an optimist on this one. I think that the sport is continuing to be um, legitimate. And I'm all for it, and I really can't. See, I can't wait to see the developments of this because I actually really like this stuff. So, yeah, I guess that's the uh, current news. Uh, I think I should just break. I mean, I just briefly talk about how much of a beast Dan Bell is because I. It feels like that guy doesn't meet every like other week. Like, oh, Dan Bell did a meet, and he told something insane. So, yeah, I'm, I'm putting up the the uh numbers yeah dan bell what did he do today what did he put total like 2500 or something that i think squatted like a thousand pounds of sleeves just an absolute beast and i for some reason it feels like he doesn't meet every other week i don't know why i think my memory is getting just horrible but yeah guy's a beast and i really love watching him compete and I like watching that guy lift. So I I would think I I would be disrespectful if I didn't at least mention on two wood lights. But yeah, you know, that's gonna do it for the show. A nice solid forty five minute episode for you guys. Uh we're going to get into that two white lights topic. Unwritten rules of powerlifting. I'm really excited for that and I want a really good guess for that too because I love debating things that don't matter. And I could see a lot of debates happening on this one. I actually kinda wanna find a guest that'll disagree with me on like like seeing where I could disagree with someone on some of the comments are made because that's the beauty of unwritten rules. I'm a massive baseball fan and unwritten rules in baseball. I, I live for unwritten rules. It is. I love breaking unwritten rules. I love following unwritten rules. It is the best thing for, I, I don't know why I have such pleasure with it. And I think powerlifting has a lot of them. Some people need some people on the topic need to know the difference between a written rule and an unwritten rule, uh, because a lot of them are just simply written rules that are in like code and law that you cannot break, or if you do, you get disqualified. But there's other really good ones in there too that I agree on and disagree on. So I'm really excited for that show. But yeah, that won't be until like two or three weeks. But yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, next time I'll be talking to you is hopefully discussing some really awesome things at the Arnold and. Yeah, that's going to do it for Two White Lights. Be sure to like on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, give a five-star rating, leave a review. And again, people are talking about the audio quality. I need more subscriptions before I can start using some cash to get a mixer, guys. I mean, the sponsorships we have do great, but we got to get a little bit more subscriptions. Make our bosses happy and like subscribe five star rating leave a nice review for me you could if you could make fun of me but just leave a five star review like i you, on the review you could make fun of me like how i have a speech impediment or um i, I don't know what else. i mean there's a lot of things you can make fun of me for but like how i miss grip and i yeah 
but as long as there's a five-star review, I don't care. Just do it. Five-star rating. Leave it. And also visit toylights.com. All right, guys. Later. See you next week. Peace. Check that out.